Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now, knuckleheads, is that if you want to chime in anytime over the next 120 minutes, two ways to do Oh, whoa. Hold Wait a on minute. A second. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in solo mode. I'm back to giving out phone numbers, but there's Whoa. only one way to do so here in this studio. <laughs> Talk about it. And that's on Twitter. Of course, you can find us there at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. What's up, Mozi? Man, first off, I felt a little weird, man. Usually, I feel like we come in here and your your octaves are a little bit higher. No, I feel no, no, the no, energy no, no, no. when you when you vocalize and things like that. But today, you were a little tame, dog. Man, it's talk. almost like I'm Are starting. It's almost like I'm starting nine hours straight of radio here. <laughs> so he's playing it smart. I and, love it. And I know that I have to save my voice. <laughs> smart man, you're a smart man. Stay ahead of it, baby. And, and facts right there too, man. Kudos to you once again, though. <laughs> but I do need to serve this up to you one time because we had some stuff going on on Monday. No show normally on Tuesday, so this is the first time that you and I, right. Have rocked the microphone, Arthur Motes, uh, since the Steelers moved to four and zero Sunday Woo! afternoon. Undefeated. So maybe I should save my pipes, but I will give you one chance just to let it out, Arthur uh-huh, Motes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Starts with a V. Are you talking about a victory? See, that's impressive. If I did that, oh, you know, by five or six o'clock tonight, oh, I mean, I man. would just be—I'd be shot, folks. I've been missing that. <laughs> oh, I've been missing that. I don't like when I'm not in here. It makes me sad. 4 and 0 for the first time since 1979. Were you surprised when you heard that statistic? 41 years the last time the Steelers were 4 and 0. You know, man, I remember when that season was, man. I was probably like 5 years old. It's <laughs> when I first got into the whole fandom of the black and gold. I remember my my dad, man, he would sit me next to his little radio. Had a little knob on a little antenna. Two antennas. We'd always have to point one to the north window and one to the south just to get the best signal. Because it was hard because you couldn't open the windows because yeah, the coal mines, you get all that soot exactly, in the window if you open the window. And, and you know, my dad, man, he was a hardworking man, he used his hands, you know, and, and I remember how happy he was watching them go 4-0. and And then ultimately, we know how that season ended, man, with confetti and things on that nature. Oh, but yeah. Well, actually, in that time, it wasn't confetti. It was more so just, hey, the Steelers win because we didn't have a TV. <laughs> we just stood at the radio. But, man, it, it was just an awesome experience. And I'm really – I'm starting to get flashbacks – of that, as I sit with my son and, and I continue to watch the Steelers go four and zero, here we go. Some forty one years later, man, it's it's an awesome feeling. <laughs> I mean, come on, by seventy nine they had televisions, all right. I mean, don't be I so didn't say they didn't. Here. I said I didn't. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Or in the words of my my children, hey dad, when you were growing up, was everything black and white or was it color? Like, nah. When you walked around, the people's clothes were just black and white. Yeah. It, it was no color. Yeah, that's how it was. I was. <laughs> One day PBS or NBC <laughs> or whatever, they just came to town with this big bottle of yeah, uh, the they, rainbow. And, and that and, changed everything. You know, and then crayons existed all of a sudden. And we were like, whoa, it's color. Wow, interesting. You know, all of a sudden in the Bible, there was the parable about the, you know, the, the dream coat. You know, none of that existed until until the uh, late 70s, early 80s. 
feeling good, 4-0, Arthur Motes. And I got to tell you what, the offense finally breaking that 30-point plateau. Man, and they talk picked, about they it. They picked a good Sunday to do it. No, without a doubt, man. This was definitely the game to do it. Um, going in, neither one of us had the expectation that it was going to be needed, yeah. per se. Yeah. But, yeah, man, this was the scenario where it became one of those type of games where they were going to need to score points. And it was funny because as you're watching the game, you felt the ebb and flow of just football and just sports in general. Start out, you know, good, back and forth, contested, 7-7, then Steelers going this crazy run. Now you're looking up and it's 31-14. You're like, bro, we're about to blow right. them out. We already are blowing them out. This is one of those games we talked about where, hey, man, you rest the guys a little bit in the fourth quarter. Like, we, we, we're about there with this thing. And then you saw the shift in momentum, the changing of the tide, and how the Eagles really were coming back very frantically and had a little bit of – we were on our seats when it was 31-28. Yeah. Like, like, let's be real about that thing, you know? Or, excuse me, 30, 30, uh, 31-29. Right, right, right. But then from there, man, to see – Ben Claypool find a way to get the job done mm-hmm. to me. That was just a, a beautiful scenario. And, and like I said, really impressive by the offense in that regard because we hadn't seen them be able to put it together like that yeah. just yet this season. We've seen them have success, but not the back to back in terms of the rapid strikes and the deep throws and things on that mm-hmm. nature. Or not deep, deep throws, but you, you understand what sure, I'm saying in terms sure. of taking shots downfield. I thought to me, man, that was really impressive by them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I was very encouraged by the offense. Um, Chase Claypool's performance, how could you not be? They they needed it. it. It was an important Sunday. And, yeah, you know, just when you started to kind of get comfortable, here come the Eagles again, and all of a sudden the offense is out there with just a two-point lead, and you're, you're clenching up a little bit. You're getting a little concerned, maybe a little worried. But uh, the offense able to go back down, drive down the field, an impressive drive for a touchdown. Speaking of Chase Claypool, three touchdowns through the air, another one on the ground. And I think Arthur Motes, this is the way that it's supposed to oh, be man, this wait year. Wait a minute now, why are you talking about Chase Claypool? Can, can we give Chase AFC Player of the Week? Na- na- Chase Claypool, put, put some respect on That's that right. young man's name. That's right. And, and like I said, don't don't call him AFC Rookie of the Week. No, 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 no. Player, Player of the Week. That that player. includes everybody. Your player. auntie and your uncle in that group. Everybody. <laughs> All of them in the AFC. I. It was encouraging to see from him that performance. Um, uh, just a lot there to be excited about so early in the season. And I think from a bigger picture perspective, too, with the offense as it relates to Claypool, that's kind of the formula, right? I mean, week one, it was Juju with the big week, mm-hmm. right? Uh, week two, Deontay Johnson had, what, eight or nine catches oh, yeah, week, crazy. week two. Uh, Ebron with the big performance against the Texans. Now it's Claypool's turn to shine. I know James Washington's going to have a big day. One of these Sunday afternoons. Well, That's kind of the is, recipe, even with isn't James it? James Washington, he's been quietly producing, right. quietly producing. 40, 50 yards every no, game. No, I would say absolutely. Right. Like, right. That, that to me is impressive when that's your quiet statistic. Right. When, when that's the guy we're not even talking about. But the thing that I do enjoy when I'm watching this Steelers offense and you're talking about the recipe for success, um, I think they kind of go hand in hand in terms of what I'm about to say here. Uh, number one, Ben spreading the ball around. Mm hmm getting everyone involved the way he has. When you look at the stat sheet, how many guys are up there in terms of receiving passes on a per-game basis. 
he is doing such a good job in that vein. I think not only him, but we also got to shout out the coordinator, Randy Feekner. Yeah. And, and Matt Canada, because you can see some of his sprinkles in there as well. I feel like it's important to talk about the coordinators because a lot of times people will bash the coordinators if anything is going wrong. <laughs> right. You look on social media, we're quick to but point then they the never finger. Get any credit at, exactly. If things go well. Soon as something goes wrong, now all of a sudden it's well, you know what? That that was Canada. That was that was Big Ben. That was a great I job can't by Ben. Keith Butler made that call. Yeah, it's like no man. The, give give Randy Feekner his due. He earned it this game. Give Matt Canada his due. He earned it this game. But going back to Ben man and how he's spreading the ball around, I think with them not having a true or bona fide or traditional number one go-to guy like you think about a Devontae Adams, right, or a Mike Thomas where you know they're going to heavily target these guys, Mm -hmm. I think that's what's making the offense a lot more dynamic now because you can't just say from a coverage standpoint, when you watch the Eagles and Darius Slay, we know he's a top-notch corner. They couldn't decide who to put (laughs) him on. You saw him on James Washington. He was on Juju. He was on Claypool. He was on Deontay for a little while. To me, that is 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 so awesome. And as a defender, it is so tough to defend against when sure. I don't know who to take out because you got three or four other guys who can be just as effective on any given day. To me, I think that's a huge reason they're successful. And then the reason, and I said it's a part two to this, I also think that that has played into Ben's lack of turnovers from an yes. interception standpoint. Yes. As he stands right now, I think anywhere. he's, what, 10 touchdowns, one pick or something Correct. along that line? 10 to 1 ratio. That in itself has made this offense so much more productive because now you don't have to worry about, okay, we only have four drives this half, but one of them got taken away by interception. Right. We only were able to hold two sustaining drives this season or this drive because, man, we threw a pick. Those cutting down on turnovers are have been the difference between the Steelers this year and the Steelers the past six years in terms of why they're able to go on these type of runs of winning five, six, seven games in a row. Absolutely. When you would look at those runs that the Steelers have went on in the past historically, that's typically when they've minimized their turnovers, where there is one turnover at best, but they're cutting down on it a lot. Right now, we're seeing that. Let's be real about it. If Ben isn't as efficient as he is from a touchdown to interception ratio, do they beat Philly? Probably not. Hmm. Yeah. The tight I mean the Texans game, iffy. We we talked about that. I mean, literally, we could look at every single game yeah. this year. Extra turnover in the Texans game. That or sorry, changed. they didn't have a turnover in the they Texans game. They didn't have a turnover. A turnover would have changed right. one. Extra turnover, extra turnover Giants game. Which we extra. almost saw from Ebron, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Two, the second one yeah. that would have been very – I mean, that's you go from down two points to giving the other team the ball exactly, to, to up, up nine points. When you look yeah, at all the those different scenarios – that's been the biggest difference this season to yep. me, man. I think him not having that guy where he feels he has to force it. And it's not a shot at a guy like Antonio Brown, but I'm just saying in general, you think about what Antonio was to Ben. That was his guy, so he would force a lot of stuff to him. And sometimes it will work out. But the problem is your probability or your chances of it not working out increase drastically because you're forcing it there, whereas now he's not doing that. And I think that's a big reason why this offense has been able to be as successful as possible. Very impressive, though, when you watch how they've been able to do it, though. Yeah. They've done it some weeks where run, where the running game was more priority and passing was more of a reactionary or a, a caveat to the run game, whereas this past game it was more pass first and they kind of ran every once in a while to keep you honest. But let's be real about it, man. That Eagles front, I thought they did a great job in terms of just destroying some of these longer developing counter plays yeah, and pull did. plays. They did. They played a technique that I love, man. And instead of trying to fit the run, they said we're just going to smash the run. Difference is this. If I tell you to fit the run, Wes, go play in the A-gap. 
That's your gap, right? right. So you snap the ball, hold you, this you, gap. Hey, go sit yeah. in the gap. That's cool. But you're not gaining. You're you're not winning that line of scrimmage, right? You're not losing, but you're not winning the line of scrimmage. You're not disrupting anything. So, occupying space. Right. So so if I have a play that's designed to just go around you. I'm not worried about you. I can go around you unabated, and from there on, now we can make something happen. What the Eagles said was, look, we're not worried about gap integrity. Get off the ball. When the ball is snapped, give me your hardest three steps up the field. I do not care. And that was the difference in terms of why they were able to pick off so many pullers. I mean, dude, it would be times where a puller is coming around and the D tackle, even though it's technically out of his gap, He's blowing up the field, picking off a puller who knocks off somebody else, and that's why the right. run game never was able to get started. It was interesting to see them hmm. utilize that because a lot of teams, they're very traditional gap, and fundamental in terms oriented. of gap integrity, yeah. right? But I love with that, that approach, gap man, I, I, I was really impressed by that, man. No, that's that's the keen eye of Professor Motes right there, I tell you. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense the way that you explain it, and I think you've seen that from the Steelers all season, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think eighth best in the league in terms of run yards allowed? Uh, yes. Does that sound yes. right? I must say, I know they're no, top ten in it right now. Yeah, like sixth pa- uh, past, or sixth, I think, in terms of pure yards. Mm-hmm. Third in terms of scoring. Uh, little, eighth in terms of rushing yards. They're a little down in terms of the passing yards, I want right. to say. But even but, still, but it's, it's like weird 12th though. or 13th. Yeah. It's not like they're in the right, 20s. Right, right, right. But it's weird because it's, it's, the, uh, it's like pass yards per game. On a per game average, their numbers aren't terrible but for i feel like us as spectators and us as like knowing what the standard is it feels like we've been let down a lot let's talk about that next all right we gotta get to our first break here and i don't want to shoehorn that conversation because you're right there's been in in the face of a 4-0 start in the face of a defense that's still forcing turnovers a defense that's still getting after the quarterback tied for the league league in sacks right now with the rams despite the rams having played an extra game I think there's a lot of people still panicking or still maybe really worried about some elements of this defense, particularly the secondary. Uh, Let's discuss that on Mm -hmm. the other side, because I do think that it's fair to have some concerns. But as we just kind of started to allude to, I think if you look at the bigger picture around the NFL, uh, the Steelers are doing really well comparatively. So let's discuss that on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in. At Wesley Euler, at the body, 52. The body. Steelers Blitz on SNR. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Euler and Motes on a Wednesday with you here on SNR. You know, normally Wednesday is the day that we start turning the page to the yeah, Steelers. That's what they say. To the Steelers' next opponent. We'll talk a little bit about those brownies today. But, I mean, you know, no, tomorrow. No, 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 no. 4-1 brownies. 4-1 brownies. That's the first time they had a winning record at this since, junction of the season. No, I mean, since you were talking about, you know, when, yeah. you, when you grew up in the Steel times in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, man. Right? You know, man, hard work is still, still a mill family, man. You know how we do. <laughs> You know, back in the days when Akron and, and rubber was, you yeah, know, all man. the rage in the world. That, that's when that's when the Browns were playing real football. Man, I remember the first time my daddy popped in a Steelers hype uh, eight track. Man, it was crazy. <laughs> man, this is before Renegade was even thought of. Hey, did they have the Steelers Blitz? Here we go song on on that eight track. They, they actually did have Here We Go, but it was only it was only one version, <laughs> and, and there was no B side. You just had to play the same side the whole time. It's crazy. <laughs> 
so obviously we'll you know we'll commence Browns hate week officially tomorrow, and you mm-hmm. know Baker Mayfield hate week officially mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, but our first show here since Sunday, uh, Moats and I together. So still doing some recapping, and and one of the things from that Eagles game on Sunday, Arthur Moats. I think not with everybody, but with a decent faction of the fan base. There's some panic with the defense, and and not necessarily the defense as a whole. I think more so the secondary, right? Um, they played to such a high standard last year. Very I mean, Mega Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Pro Bowls, and, and all pros in there, and a ton of turnovers, and a ton of turnovers, and a ton of just lockdown performances as well, too. It, it hasn't been up to that same level through four games. It's still very early in the season. There's a lot of moving parts for secondaries normally, I think even more so in an offseason where you really didn't get much work together, even though there is still the familiarity of those kind of the core four of the secondary, and even if you want to include Mike Hilton as the fifth in that conversation. But the, the thing is, Moats, if I look at it just from a Steelers perspective, right, I think it's easy to be worried, it's easy to be concerned, mm-hmm. because again, because of how good they were last year. But if you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture, Man, they're like they're they're not bad comparatively across the National Football League. And I think for us as Steelers fans too, we saw some of this to an extent last year. We just evaluate defense differently. I mean, we oh, do no like question. Come on, baby. You if, know if, that. If, if they're not holding the opponent to under 20 points and under 300 yards, like to us that's never going to be good enough right. because we've been spoiled from the the 70s into the 90s and obviously these last two decades with just great Super Bowl winning defenses. But the way to judge really good defense, Motes, is is different in 2020. You're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards. The league is designed that way now. The league isn't designed to have 14 to 10 games anymore, to have, you know, 17 to to 14 final scores. They want highlights. They they want offense, and and the the league is governed that way. It is... The way we think of an elite shutdown defense is different now. You need to force turnovers. That's still there for the Steelers. That was one of the concerns coming into this year was how can they be as good with turning the ball over as they were last year? Well, so far, so good. How can they How can they lead the league in sacks for the fourth straight season? Well, so far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> to me, really, the only thing that I'm concerned with is they got to get off the field more on possession downs. Mm-hmm. I think you saw that particularly against the Eagles. 11 straight times the Eagles converted third downs. Which is crazy. Which is crazy, about. especially because Moats, the Steelers. Is the Eagles? Well, it's the Eagles. <laughs> and Zach Ertz only had one catch. Right. If you would have told me that they were converting a lot of third downs, I would have thought, all right, Zach Ertz had a really good afternoon. He had one reception. So they, they took him out of the game in that regard. The Steelers were winning on first down. They were winning on second down. Then it's Mm -hmm. third and nine. It's third and 12. It's third and 17. And the Eagles were still getting first downs. That's really the only thing. If if you want to have a conversation about concern, we can talk about possession downs. Other than that, it's still early. Their numbers are are just as good, if not better, than most of the other units in the NFL. And it's it's just a different time. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is this. um, As it pertains to third down, it's not a major issue that has to be fixed is is really simple when you watch them on tape it's a technique being um and this is what they have to decide if they're going to continue to play man because right now as it stands on third downs they in this past game against the eagles were exclusive man-to-man coverage right but the problem is this if you're going to play man-to-man you have to disrupt the timing of these receivers you can't allow these receivers to just free release if you allow receivers to free release in the nfl these are nfl athletes they are going to win it's no different um, to just put it in context, right? A guy like Ray Ray McLeod. Is Ray Ray McLeod the most productive wide receiver you've ever seen? 
is Ray Ray McLeod the 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 next the second coming of Jerry Rice? No, <laughs> no, he's not. And this isn't a shot at Ray Ray, right? But we do know that Ray Ray is a top notch athlete. We do know Ray Ray is fast and can get in and out of breaks, right? We do know that. So when you decide to not put hands on these receivers and allow them to free release, you take away the the situation in terms of productivity versus productivity, good player versus good player, mm. and now you're making it who's the better athlete. And in these scenarios, a lot of times the receivers are typically the better athlete in terms of the size and speed that they play with. Now, we know DBs are a little smaller, have a little bit more agility, but receivers typically – are just they're bigger and faster and obviously they can catch and they have the advantage of knowing where they are going so when you put a, a guy in a one-on-one situation right like the Steelers are doing a lot on third down but you're allowing a guy to run seven to ten yards before you touch him hmm. he has a full head of steam and he knows where he's breaking he knows what route he's running you're sitting at 10 yards reacting to him you are going to lose every time and that's what was going on when you watch Flugum Excuse me, Flucam, when you watched Ward, those that's I still don't think anybody knows how to pronounce his last I would say, name. I, I've heard Flucam, I've heard Flugum. So yeah, I just yeah, mix yeah, it back Travis and forth. Flugham. But this is the thing, man. When you or, or Fulgram, that's another one I've heard. <laughs> but when you People watch putting an L R in there, it, I, it was nuts, bro. Fulgram. It was nuts. Flugums, you but, know, we always put an S on the end of people. Right, oh, oh, it's Pittsburgh, you know that. <laughs> but that was the biggest thing, man. When you allow those type of guys to free release, they're going to eat you up. Yeah. Now it was times where they did decide to challenge them. The one that stood out the most was the the the, the it was 31-29, third and five. Joe Hayden lined up one on one. That was a big play. And the biggest difference between that play and what he and Joe uh, what he and Steven Nelson and Mike Kilton, Edmonds and Mika, the difference with they none of those guys did consistently in the second half. Joe did on that one play was he walked up, pressed him, and actually put hands on the guy. But he still didn't do it early he waited till he was right at about four and a half five yards before he touched them but the difference is this when you put hands on these receivers right when you you've heard of bump and run coverage right you have to bump first <laughs> right with, with the stills we're playing we're just it harder to run if you don't seriously bump. so they play just and run you can't play and run against nfl caliber athletes they're going to cook you and that's just how it was, but on that particular play, on that third and five, the biggest play of the defense, uh, the biggest stop for the defense that game, yeah. the difference was Joe Hayden actually bumped him. He had two hands on him at the top of his break at that four, four-and-a-half-yard area. Greg Ward? Yeah, it was Greg okay. Ward. Yep. He gets the hands on him, knocks and then, him and then from spot. there he knocks him off. But another thing that does this, not only do you disrupt the timing, but now you're also in phase so you can make a play on the ball, which he did a great job of. The whole game prior to that – None of those guys were putting hands on him. So they were just basically saying, hey, I'm going to be the better athlete. I'm going to have the perfect technique, and I'm going to guess right every time. Your margin of error is slim to none when you're playing like that. But when you put hands on these guys, now you don't have to be perfect. Now, okay, I might guess wrong, but since my hand is already on him, I'm already in phase with him. If the ball comes here, I don't have to tri- I don't have to play catch up. Right. I'm there. I can make a play on the ball. To me, that's the biggest difference in terms of when the Steelers are playing really well in the secondary, hmm. they're getting hands on those guys. When they're not, that's what it looks like right now, man. When they're playing off like that, and I understand it's pros and cons to both, right? If you're going to play off, the beauty is from a pre-snap, the disguise element, right? We talk about how you watch the the, the game. Man, you see Cam Sutton, Minka, Edmonds. These guys are walking all around. You're like, Yo, wh- who's on the field? What's going on? Who's <laughs> yeah. where, where? And then they kind of morph into where they want to go. That's fine for zone concepts, and it's fine if you sprinkle it once or twice and play off man 
uh, play off man to man coverage every hmm. once in a while. Okay. But you can't play exclusive off man for the sake of a disguise when nine of these plays you're still in man and it's only one time you're actually using a disguise for a zone. Do you think that was because just the lack of talent at wide receiver for the Eagles? Well, see, this is the thing. Regardless of the talent or not, it's more of a technique thing. Okay. In terms of just playing man to man. Because if you're going to allow guys to free release, it doesn't, as you've seen this year, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, Darius Slayton. Wasn't that, uh, I forgot the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darius Giants. Slayton for, for the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scored the no big one touchdown. knew who Jerry Slayton was, but when you watch him be able to free release and get a run, now Joe Hayden has to be perfect. Now Steven Nelson has to be perfect. Now we're looking at it like, oh, man, Joe just looked back for like two seconds. But it was a touchdown. When you're allowing guys to free release, you have to be perfect. Hmm. But the thing is, it takes a lot of energy, right? And we know lack of offseason, lack of preseason games is still early in the year. Guys are still getting back up to game shape. We saw Joe Hayden before halftime. The shot that he did give up, that came after them taking him deep the two plays before yeah. that, and he's he, gassed. He's still catching his he's breath. He's trying to catch his breath, put his face, put his uh, chin strap on, and he's like, I'm going deep again. Like, that's the issue. So if you're going to play man exclusively. Yeah. It's like running back-to-back 40-yard right. dashes. If you're playing man-to-man, you got to have great conditioning and great technique. But the thing also is that benefits the rush because you know, hey, they don't have enough time to, to, to do a whole bunch of double, triple moves and things like that. But like I said, man, the issue is when you let these guys free release, they're going to continue to cook you like yeah. that. So the alternative, if you don't want to press them up or if your guys aren't able to do it to that extent, we'll dial the man-to-man back some, sprinkle in more fire zone blitz, sprinkle in more of your your matchup zones, right, your cover fours, your cover twos, where even though I have this guy, I only have him for this area of the field. I don't have him all over the field, and that can help in those scenarios. I think that will be a big boost to the Steelers, especially in the secondary right now, because that's the biggest issue, especially on third on third downs. Right, they are just letting guys run, and, and, it's, and we're not even talking about the mental errors because you sprinkle that in there as well, which they definitely had. Sure, that 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 it, it just adds to the recipe in terms of the recipe for disaster. But you have to disrupt guys. You can't allow NFL guys. If this is college. The whole, well, my talent is better than your talent. You can get away with Our that. Our Jimmys and Joes right. are better than your X's and O's. At the NFL level, we've seen countless times. We've been on the good side and we've been on the bad side of it where, oh, yeah, we think we're supposed to dominate this matchup because that guy's a no-name and he actually comes out here and looks good. Or we have a guy who no one really expects much from and then he comes out here and balls out. This is the NFL. These are the best of the best players. So you have to treat everybody with that same level of respect. And right now I just don't feel like they're doing that from a just a thought process standpoint, man. Professor Motes laying it down, baby, on a Wednesday here on SNR. Uh, we got to take our second break. On the other side, some final Eagles thoughts. And we had a football game last night. Uh, a Tuesday wanna, night football. A, oh, we ain't got to talk about that. We ain't got oh, to, we got to talk about that. No, 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 no. no. We ain't got to talk about that. We got to talk about no, that. No, 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 no. We ain't got to talk about that. Bro, out of all the games to talk about, we ain't got to talk about that one, baby. It was a lot of games this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's just, it was a trade in Pittsburgh the other day with, with pins. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we don't have to talk <laughs> football. Yeah, it, Pirates got the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, it, 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 it was a great baseball game last night, man. You saw the Astros lost, man. Woo! Well, anytime the Astros lose, you know saying, that's great. Man, I'm just saying, like, we don't have to talk about yeah, that game last night. There's a lot of Pirates involved in that, uh, it was, that Astros it was, guy. Yeah, yeah, Charlie yeah. Morton. A lot of familiar Tyler Glass now. See, I, just, I, just, I felt like I was back at PNC Park, baby. We can talk baseball today if you want to talk baseball. <laughs> you know it was bad last night if Arthur Motes wants to talk baseball today. Instead of those Buffalo Bills. <laughs> we'll close out the first hour. We'll talk some football. Final thoughts on the Eagles before we start looking ahead to them brannies. Ooh. Quick, quick note for you. Okay, because again, 
And we're go we're going back into the archives here. We're playing mm-hmm. we're playing the hits here. Nobody has more research Uh-oh. than Wesley Euler. You know, I Thanks. stay up all night. I've got notes on everything. I've got opinions on everything. You ask me a question, and I'll give you an answer. Yeah, I mean, you could do so on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. You know. Here you go. This is the second highest win percentage game involving the two opponents mm. in Cleveland Browns history. Oh, whew. four and zero versus four and one. Five-star matchup, baby. It is a five-star matchup, certainly for the Cleveland Browns. We'll start to look ahead to those jabronis down a turnpike whenever uh, we move into the second hour of the show as well. So keep those tweets rolling in. We'll wrap up some Eagles thoughts on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Euler Motes on a Thursday, rocking and rolling with you here on SNR. I gotta get to that game last, you know, Tuesday night. You don't have to talk about Tuesday night. We could talk about, like, Tuesday press conference. I, I think just – you know where I was going with this, honestly. It wasn't necessarily to the result on the field. Although, Arthur Motes, we will get to that because the people on Twitter wants to know your opinion. Uh, the sports bars, the wing joints of the world, mm-hmm. they should maybe be thanking their lucky stars that we are in a pandemic right now. And I know that sounds crazy, right, because the pandemic's been bad for the restaurant business, obviously, mm-hmm. duh. But you know, all these wing places, all these restaurants have on, their all-you-can-eat nights on Tuesdays. Come on, man. Oh, you, Hey, man, it was Buffalo Wild Wings. They got some yeah, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays yeah. is, is wing night. A lot of wing places, it's Tuesdays. Quaker Stick and Lube here in Western weird. Pennsylvania, like, I'm pretty sure. I think because that was always like the slow day, right? Because Mondays, obviously weekends yeah, oh, are weekends. Yeah, and Monday, you got Monday, Monday you got Monday night football. Yeah, Thursday, yeah. you always had college football and then. Right, right. But they know, always do another deal on Thursdays typically, right? As well, too. Yeah. yeah. So it, it always feels like t- maybe Tuesday and Wednesday were the, the harder days to yeah. get people in the door. So that's where you, you plop the wing night. Mm. Man, I tell you what, uh, that would have been that would have mm. been rough yesterday. That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Chill out. Why, why is it going to be Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> well, maybe because Buffalo. Hello, man. <laughs> What's going on here, man? Moats, all that I got What's to say. What's going on here, man? All that I have to say is that Allen Iverson was right. I mean, what, what last Whoa. night? What last night proved? Don't you do that? What now. last night proved is Wait I mean, who, need, who needs practice? So we so we gonna act like the NFL wasn't allegedly <laughs> investigating the Titans for practicing multiple times. That's what we gonna act like we now. Talk about practice. So that's what we, so we gonna also so they ain't practice at all. That's what y'all gonna tell me. So the whole they should forfeit because they've been holding the legal practices while they supposed to be quarantining separately. So that ain't happening all of a sudden. We just gonna sweep that under the rug. Is that what you telling me? I need to know how Is you that what feel. You telling me? I need to know how you feel about Taylor Luan and his post game comments. Come on, man. We we know, man. Because you know we got me fired up in here one time about Bill Polian. I think I might be able to do the same with nah, you nah, bringing nah. up Taylor Lewant. Nah, he front-running. I'm not worried about him <laughs> or them, man. That, that's beautiful front-running. We know how that goes. Now it's the whole, oh, we didn't get a chance to practice at all, as if y'all weren't just having another outbreak because <laughs> of y'all practicing, documented practicing. One of your players, in terms of uh, second-year receiver A.J. Brown, went and indicted himself, said, well, uh, man, you, you can't tell us me in the picture, so I ain't going to admit it. 
Thank you, stupid. That that means it was you, but it's okay. This is the NFL. We're not going to your regular court where you get a, 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 a oh guilt, uh, no, innocent until proven, it's inno- the, it's the innocent until proven guilty, and all that. Like, nah, Roger Goodell don't operate like it's that. It's the court of Raj. If Roger Goodell said, "Man, that looked like your shoelace," that was your shoelace, buddy. It's that simple, all right? So y'all not gonna lie to me and tell me y'all won't practice it when we already know that was the case, all right? But <laughs> in, in all seriousness, man, to me. I thought that, man, it looked like a team that was able to prepare a week yeah. and a half, almost two weeks for one opponent exclusively in terms of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Because they knew once their game with the uh, the the Stills was rescheduled, their whole focus went Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Bills, they went from preparing for, let's see, who did they prepare for? The Titans at one time. Then it was the Chiefs. Then they were supposed to play the Chiefs tomorrow night. Then the Chiefs tomorrow night. And then, oh, that's so I'm like, man. Both of those weeks, it wasn't as if they had a chance to exclusively prepare for them. And that's not an excuse, but in general, that does have an impact. Very sure, similar to what sure. we talked about with the Steelers and their uh, uh, pseudo bye week in terms of, man, you don't get a, a legit chance to just prepare for one team. But other than that, man, the, the biggest issue with the Bills, man, and obviously with Josh having two turnovers, the first one was more so on the receiver. I mean, it hit him square in the hands, he just dropped it. But they have to protect the ball. And then defensively, they were banged up. I mean, they were missing Tredavious. They've been banged up on defense, haven't they? Throughout this whole season, they've been banged up. They were missing Tredavious White. We know what he is in the NFL in terms of corners. Top five. They were missing Matt Milano, who's injured as well. Um, They were missing Quentin Jefferson as well, who's one of their Mm -hmm. uh, main rotational interior D-lining guys. still banged up, right? Edmonds is still banged up with a a shoulder injury. John Brown, their second lead receiver, did not dress either. They were also missing a line. Well, actually, two key linemen. They're starting right tackle and one of their interior guards. So when you look at all the injuries. Yeah, Quentin Spain, baby. WVU. You know Quentin, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) I told you this story about how summer session one year, I used to drive him home after class every day. (laughs) Absolutely, man. So for me... Like, I looked at that and I said, man, it, it reminded me a little bit of Steelers' scenario last year, but the difference was it wasn't at the quarterback position. So you kind of give yourself a, a false sense of, oh, they're healthy, hmm. similar to the Eagles, right. right? Oh, they're healthy. Wentz is out there. And it's right. like, no, they're not. Maybe kind of like with the Niners now right. a little yeah, bit absolutely. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially so, with Jimmy so G So that back. was that whole scenario. And I thought that <clears throat> to this to this point in the season, Josh had been playing at an MVP level. I just thought he had an average game. It wasn't a bad game. It yeah. wasn't terrible at all. But yeah. – Compared and, and, to when, when you're throwing four and five touchdowns, 300, 400 yards, you come back down to earth a little bit with, with a, a 250, 260 yeah. touchdown pick. Like, it, it was a, a regular performance. So, yeah. to me, I didn't think that that was a, an indictment on them. I just think they got to get healthy. But And that's what the Titans do, too. Yeah, yeah, they just want to They just want to knock you off your game. Yeah, and we also know this, man. It's the NFL. The same way we're sitting here, uh, a battle of undefeated teams at the time, Titans win convincingly. <clears throat> their, their initial knee-jerk reaction is, man, Bills suck. But then people forget that a week ago, Bills beat who? The Vegas Raiders convincingly. Yep. And then the Raiders did Just the unthinkable the by beating the Chiefs convincingly. Mm-hmm. So that's the NFL, man. Particularly early in the season, <laughs> Absolutely. Too. Early in the season, the NFL, you got to stay healthy. It's week to week. It's week to week. We, we've yeah. already talked about, it's been numerous scenarios where we've talked about each team, especially the undefeated, where we said, man, the Packers, the Seahawks, yeah. they still believe all seen scenarios where they could have, were and sometimes probably should have lost, depending I mean, look on at the Seahawks what game they were on doing. Sunday night. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that was my whole thought process with it. But of course, it sucks when you're watching it because you're like, dude, come on, man. For sure, especially why, you, why it's got to be you, especially in that fashion last yes, night. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. No, I, I'm with they you. They did do good against Derrick Henry, though, man. They did. They did. That, Josh Norman, not so much, but as a team, te- <laughs> technically, though. Technically, well, I mean, right? That was only like a three yard. It, 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 it was. <laughs> 
it just looked bad. People but won't it, remember it. That technically, way. he did his job, though. It's almost like you know what that reminded me of was uh, the the run that everybody likes to play of Leonard Fournette with Mike Mitchell. Yes, yes. yes. Like, dude, that was a great tackle by Mike right. Mitchell. I mean, he took out like, Leonard like, Fournette. He got trucked in the process. He got but he, absolutely. He did. He did his job. He did his job, though. <laughs> so the optics of yes. it didn't look real good, and, and that'll get played thing, on Twitter forever. Right. It's like some of the stuff looks bad, but I'm like, when you hold Derrick Henry to 19 carries with 57 yards, three yards per carry. That's, you'll take that Dude, all day. to this point in the season, his least amount of rushing touches were 25. He had 25, 28, and 31 touches. Like, that's what – and then another 27. Like, that's what he does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, when, when we look at this, to me, I'm just like, dang, man. Like, you see some some positive, some positivity yeah. in it. But ultimately, man, they got to they gotta protect the ball, number one. You can't have the turnovers. And they got to get healthy. You get healthy, they'll be fine. If I, t- if I told you 21 to 28 for 195 was going to be, oh, 42 points involved in that, you would be like, man, get out of here. If yeah. I told you Derrick Henry 19 carries 57 yards and they were going to score 42, you'd be like, oh, not a chance. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Just like if we would have told you that the Steelers were going to be 4-0, uh-huh. leading uh-huh. the league in sacks, yep. still producing multiple turnovers almost uh-huh. every single game. But there would be questions about the defense. Right, You'd be right. like, wait a second, that right. makes no sense. Right, and, and tell, no him, sense. tell him like, oh yeah, man, Jeff Driscoll's gonna gonna <laughs> have some success against him. Daniel some Jones guy is gonna named have Travis some Travis right. Ham. Right. <laughs> you gonna listen like, ah, oh, get out of here, not a chance, man, not a chance. Miles, but, but, Miles Sanders yeah. gonna run for seventy four yards on a third and nine draw play. Right. Oh geez, we've gone. I've said too much. Stop it. I've said too much. He only, it, we we let him get that because where you from? <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, you know Woody what Hills representing. Yeah, that's it. I was a little surprised. I, that storyline didn't get as much hype leading up to the game as I thought it would. It didn't, but they dropped it as soon as they could in the game, though. That's true. So they go, oh, man, he's completed the, the football trinity right here. Man, youth ball game at Hinesville, high school game at Hinesville, collegiate game, and now he scores an NFL touchdown at Hinesville. Uh, think about that. He's never – I mean, he's traveled for games, but right, his right. entire life he's played for a Pennsylvania team. Yeah. Woody Hills, Penn State, now the Eagles. Yeah, everything good except that third spot. It was good. I was happy to see him have success, but not a 74-yard draw play yeah, on that, that, that. third and a mile. He's not a fan of that at all, man. No. He's not a fan <laughs> not, of that at all. Not one bit. Um, With the la- last thing as it relates to last night that you kind of touched on there, was I, th- I thought it was a narrative game in some regards, right, where like mm-hmm. no matter who won, everyone was going to run one way yes. or the other, right? The it was Bills either- are legit, and the Titans is what you get for, yep. for uh, yep. all the COVID. Or the Titans are legit, and the Bills, yeah. you know, uh, the Bills are what I, we thought I, they I, are. I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting this whole narrative of, well, you know, they didn't practice in two weeks. Like, they kept hammering at home. If you watch the broadcast, like, they kept talking. They haven't practiced. I'm like, it's like, wait a sec. I'm like, bro, they were, they're under investigation for, for practicing practice. multiple times. Alan, I, Alan Iverson was right. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, 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 this is the NFL. You, you know how it is. We've been a part of these, these scenarios where you get that call from among high, and they tell you, hey, look, you're going to spin it this way. All right? There's no if ands, or buts about it. I don't want to hear you talking about illegal practices. They did not practice for two weeks. And that's what you're going to say on air. And they showing up, went up there, and sold that thing, boy. Oh, yeah, 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 man. They ain't practiced. Oh, woo, yeah. They just showed up in great conditioning, too. All right. Sound good. I'm seeking comfort. Y'all better leave me alone today. seeking comfort on this I'm Wednesday. seeking all the comfort today. Y'all leave me alone. I had the perfect weekend going. My Steelers won. Lakers won, Brown Brown won. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin Harvick was going his thing, man. He's advanced mm. to the next round of the playoffs. Like, I'm feeling good. The Pittsburgh Rays were winning baseball games? Bro, what? Yeah, they actually were. <laughs> and, then, and then my Tuesday, and they had to get messed up. So, you know what? I'm not even going to count this Tuesday as a part of last weekend. <laughs> I'm just saying that, man, I already got a rough start right. to the new weekend. I got a rough start to the new weekend. So, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, these pick up for me towards the end of the week. But I'm, yeah, yeah. That, that ooh. Just throw that whole performance in the trash. <sighs> All right, Boats, we heart. did it. You make me sad. We did it. I'm sad. We made it an hour into the show. Uh-huh, we did. I, w- I, w- I didn't think we could do it. Without talking about the artist formerly known as Juice. Juice, man. We made it a whole hour. I bet you people... Time on, time on. And you know what today is, too, right? It's a Best of the West Wednesday? No, no, no. It's a Wednesday. That's what L. Bell call it. Oh, I thought it was a Ben's Day. Nah, nah, Wednesday. Nah, nah, Wednesday. Okay. W-I-N. Oh, I got you. Wednesday. I got you. Come I, on, bro. You I like slacking. to think that I like to think that some of our loyal listeners, you know, who rock mm-hmm. with us, the Power Grids, the Megawatts, uh, they've been tuning in for this first hour, hoping for some Lev Bell talk. They have. I bet you even too, Motsi, We got some uh, some newer listeners, right? Who maybe turned on SNR today, big Steelers fans from wherever you may be, because they wanted to hear some Lev Bell talk. Is he gonna come back? Do the Steelers want him back? Is he a fit? We made it fifty six minutes. <gasps> And maybe we buried the lead, but I don't know. Maybe we kept you on the hook at the same time. Maybe we it's did the good radio It's all about keeping thing. them on the hook, man. If you drop it too soon, they don't come back. And it's also about discussing our Steelers first, right? Absolutely. But even though you wanted to take me down a tragic road just a second ago, but that's okay. We do have to talk about uh, the artist formerly known as Juice, the uh, formerly of this parish, number 26, Lev Bell. He's a free agent. We'll do that in hour number two, little best of the West Wednesday. And, you know, we'll get to your tweets. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's good. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes with you here. Hour number two, Steelers Blitz. On SNR. I'm just saying. <laughs> the one thing we do have to talk about, Arthur Motes. You know, no more. All right, we don't have to talk about the Buffalo Bills performance last night anymore. All right, we're done. We, you're, you, we let you seek your comfort. We're good now. Thank you. I greatly <laughs> appreciate your efforts. But we do have to discuss uh, one Lev Bell. L. Bell, baby. Arthur Motes, he's now a free agent. Oh, man, that escalated quickly. I didn't see that coming. I saw a lot of potential things coming here. I didn't see that coming. I didn't either. I, 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 at the time when he first started tweeting out, I was like, okay, give me a little Jamal Adams. I like where we're going here. <laughs> yeah. It could work. I doubt it. They're probably going to milk it for another week or two. Yeah, or, or whenever the trade – I think the trade deadline is in, I think, a week or two from right now. It's like, all right, maybe he'll, you know, he'll, he'll milk it till then. Right. All right, then they'll do something. Maybe they'll offload right. him somewhere for like a fifth-round pick yeah, exactly. or something like that, sixth-round pick. But literally, the tweet sent a couple hours later, bam. Woo. I said, whoa, all right. Shout out to you, L. Bell. Woo. Shout out to you. <laughs> he is now a free agent. Uh, four o'clock today, he will officially become a free agent. Mm-hmm. <sighs> What's the market going to be like for Lev? I think that's the interesting thing right now because I know people initially were thinking, well, he's not going to have a market at all, man. Nobody's going to want to pay him. But Anyone let's be who's real. saying that is, is kidding yeah. themselves. Let's They're be just real. being a hater. They are. 
we obviously know he's in the best shape that he's been in since probably 2016, 2017. He's definitely motivated. But I look at the running backs that were in similar scenarios, guys that had superstar talent or were superstars at one point, whether they fell from it from an injury or a lack of productivity, but they still had a market. And I look at a guy like Ty Gurley. Hmm. Ty Gurley, not only was he a megastar for a while, similar to L. Bellman, we talked about how them two plus Zeke were really much yeah. at the top of the, the chain for a while. Before McCaffrey and right. Kamara and some of those guys but really took off. But then we also knew that the past two years, Gurley had been dealing with a degenerative uh, degenerative knee injury, right? And we saw where, okay, they the Rams couldn't use him seriously in the playoffs. And then from there, the following year, they had him on a snap count yeah. in, in terms of how much uses they wanted to do. He still got, I think, was what, one for six or something along that Mm -hmm. to go to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, that lets me know that, okay, number one, there will be a market because L. Bell isn't dealing with injuries. The little hammy, hammies are like rolled ankles. Everybody got them. You just deal with it. All right, it's cool. But outside of that, we haven't seen a scenario where he's just falling off off of a cliff. We know that the Jets situation, as we talked about numerous times, and you've heard other players within the organization or around the league talk about it's just very dysfunctional. It's it's not a, a good place right now in terms of the roster that they have constructed. But I also think about a guy like David Johnson. A guy like David Johnson who really wasn't the most productive, but you saw how that situation played out in terms of what they were, were willing to give up to acquire him and obviously some some uh, some other conversation. But it's things like that that lets me know, yeah, he's going to have a market. I think oh, yeah. the biggest question is what is he looking for? Is he looking for best opportunity? In terms of winning. Right. And in terms of him being able to get more productivity. Just biggest or, payday. Right. Or is he looking for just the best hmm. money right now? Because if you go best money, you can find a team that will pay him a couple of million dollars. Honestly, his – Price would be lower because he still has the guaranteed money coming from the Jets. Shout out to the guarantees for that. So you don't feel as pressed to worry about what the new contract is. Right. So that could help him out in terms of where he decides to go in terms of, all right, I'd rather go here because it's a better fit, put up big numbers on a one- or two-year deal, and then come back and really hit it again potentially for that third payday. Or you could just say, man, you know what, I'm going to find a team that's going to pay me three, $4 million right now. And going about on my top business. of what I'm still right. getting from yeah. the Jets, and, and, and then whatever we'll, happens happens. And we'll yeah. figure it out this offseason. right? But I, that's more so going to be a him scenario. I don't think it's as cut and dry as people make it though. When they're no. like, "El Bell's this greedy guy. All he cares about is money." When you're going into your first major payday, which he was doing, that scenario is drastically different once you already have that big payday. The way you operate, once you already have the 28 mil banked along with whatever you've already had prior to that payday, yeah, the way you're going to view these new deals are going to be a little bit different compared to, and the way you're going to act and think about it is different compared to when you haven't had it. That's all you're consumed with. Listen, man, and, and I speak from experience because I too was in similar situations. Now, granted, it wasn't dealing with as big of money, but it's still is yeah, money. You, you, you know what I mean? You still six round pick. You want to cash in? And that it was going to change your life. You yeah. Have, yeah. So you you literally go through that phase of all right. I know I want to win a championship, but if I have to put championship on hold so I can get this financial security long term, then that's the route I'm going to go. Yeah. And talking to people that have won championships but they didn't make the financial moves that I was able to acquire they talk about how man like yo you love the ring but the ring don't pay the bills and that's and that's like, what like, every that's, that's the difference <laughs> that's one of the things that everybody comes back to right and i got to tell you if the, if you come down in that camp right of mm-hmm. 
oh, well, who cares? I just want to win. I want to be in the best scenario, right? That type of thing. Uh, <laughs> you've never been in a position. Uh, one of two things, okay? Either one, you came from a complete silver spoon situation where you've <laughs> never a had situation. To, where you've ne- <laughs> where you've never had to worry about finances, money, seriously, right. a day in your life. And, and hey, and, and I applaud you. If, if you, you came did, from a situation like that, it's not your fault. But kudos, no. kudos to your family. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm not blaming that on you, but but don't tell somebody else how their reality has formed their opinion mm-hmm. either. Who, somebody who did not come from that. And, yeah, and the second thing is, like, I, I think you're just kidding yourself. Arthur Motes, I have ne- – this is the honest-to-God truth. I have never had more fun. I've been in this business since 2013 when I graduated college. And if you want to go even – you know, my three, my three, four years that I was in college, I was internships and, and, and doing stuff in this industry too, right? So right. I've been chasing this dream down. I've been doing a lot of different stuff from radio to TV to writing uh, to play-by-play broadcasting since I was 19, 20 years old. This is the honest-to-God truth, all right? I've never had more fun doing something in this industry than I do when I get behind the microphone with Arthur Motes these past years. We have a great time. We do, we do. It's always a blast, man. You know that. But if somebody's offering me five times more money Talk about it. to go do a different show, no, I mean, no, no, I no, might no, have no, no. to wait tell Motesy goodbye. Not not just <laughs> offer it, but guarantee, guarantee it. Guarantee it. Because that yeah. was the difference. We talked about the Steelers. That's right. And yes, Even the if Steelers, I get fired, they still have right. to pay me. The Steelers offered more money. That is not up for debate. And if everything went perfect, he was healthy, he produced, staff stayed the same. Yes, he would have made more money. But we talked about that's a lot of things that got to go right. That's a lot of Staying perfect, healthy that's has a lot to go of perfect right. scenarios. We talked about out. how, yeah. even though it wasn't deserved, but we talked about how it was a, a good faction of fans in media that wanted Coach Tomlin fired last year. So just think, if you were changing head coaches and you bring in a guy that has an issue with L. Bell, very similar to what happened when he signed with the Jets, mm-hmm. GM signs him, then they bring in Gase, who Gase doesn't like Bell, now you got a, a a a very toxic situation. Yep. But when the money is guaranteed fully, it doesn't matter what you do. So right now in this scenario, he didn't have to have everything go right to get that twenty eight million. That twenty eight is coming. He didn't have to stay healthy. He didn't have to hope that the staff stayed the same. He didn't have to hope that he was as productive. He didn't have to hope that all these things went right for him to get some money. Guaranteed. No, no, no. It's guaranteed. As soon as he signed the dotted line, baby, it didn't matter what happened. That money was coming. In in scenarios like this, in scenarios like we talked about with Dak Prescott and how yes. his future earnings are going to be altered drastically, this is why players fight for guaranteed money so much and why when a fan tries to say, well, this contract offer is bigger in terms of total numbers – Players, we don't hear that because the guaranteed money, it will always be more important mm-hmm. than whatever dotted number they put up there for fans and media perspective. That that $70 million, oh, it looks cute, but how much is fully guaranteed? Because that's what matters. We talked about that with Cam Hayward. That's what a, matters. A few Absolutely. Weeks ago. Yeah. That, that's what it's all about, the guaranteed number. That's why, too, I. And look, I, I understand the fan perspective of this, right, Arthur Motes? I like to say on this show that right. I'm the voice of the fan here, right? I've been there. I scream and I yell and I'm, I'm emotional about all this stuff, too. And I've got the pure fan perspective. I Like, I get it. He didn't leave the way that you wanted him to. You know, you felt like that last season here, he kind of kept the Steelers on a string the whole time. And, okay, is he coming back for training camp? And is he coming back week one? Is he coming back week five? Or is he coming back week 13, right? Whatever that saga was. The whole season. Like, I get it. You're a fan. You're passionate. You love the black and gold. You thought that that was one of your guys who then all of a sudden wasn't one of your guys. Like, I get the fan perspective on it. 
But just don't tell me he lost. I've seen way <laughs> too much of that from Steelers he fans lost. and even Steelers media, too, who have done this whole, like, oh, well, man, if Lev would have just stayed in Pittsburgh, he would have gotten this money on the tag, and he would have gotten such and such. As Arthur Moach just laid out, it's not that cut and dry. They, they, they casually forget the, oh, if he stayed healthy. Oh, if, he, if the coaches that stayed the same, the same coaches that have that in Pittsburgh, the media has dominated, or not dominated, has continually said, oh, man, they need to get rid of Coach Tom. Oh, they need a new coach, man. Oh, man, maybe Cole was about to retire. Oh, oh man, maybe this. It's a lot that has to go right for him to get said money that we are just casually acting like, oh, it's going to be guaranteed because it was a, air quotes here, rolling guarantee. And even if you're saying, well, he's unemployed now. Okay. <laughs> that 28 $28 million dollars for 18 games on the roster. I mean, yeah. you do the math on that one. Exactly. Nobody who's making $1.4 million a game is losing. Okay. I mean, however you want to slice it, however, whatever theory you, you want to say, come right up on, with. he went from a good situation where he's putting up great numbers. No, no, to, no, no, or, or, okay, or. I'll go do. If you want to pay me one point four million dollars a show, I'll go do the worst radio ever. I don't have right. that much. No, pride. no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Here we go. Here we go. You had a chance to be in a Hall of Famer. You had a chance to be in Canton. That's cool. Trust me, hey, hey man. As an NFL player, the to make it to Canton would be a dream, right? Man, it's a huge, huge thing. I can tell you what, though. I know a lot of Hall of Famers. Financially, I know a lot of them that are doing really, 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 really bad. And, and it, it just is what it is because that Hall of Fame is cool, but that Hall of Fame ain't paying you $28 million. That Hall of Fame ain't doing that. Oh, you immortalize? Absolutely. Your legacy is there. And it's fair, too. For and, and some you, people, some, they that want ma- that. Like, people have left money right. on the table because mm-hmm. they want that. And, right. and those people should be commended, but we shouldn't yes. at, at the same time. If you that's, can't, you shouldn't that's hold that priority. against this person yes. for that not being a, and, and the thing is this. It doesn't make either side a bad person. No, it doesn't. Some we people can, will rather play it, football right? for no money. Yeah. Other people will play it because they're going to get paid well. Does either party, is that make this guy wrong and that guy right no everybody has different motivations we, we hear people always talk about motivational speakers right oh no you're why what is your reason why what, what's your <laughs> what, what, why do you do it sure it doesn't matter why you do it as long as you get it done right yeah. it doesn't matter why you show up in here every day was you might show up in here every day because hey you want to have this long illustrious media career i might show up in here every day because man i'm bored i didn't retire from my first career. i need <laughs> something to do at the end of the day it doesn't matter what our motives are as long as we're coming in here we're getting the job done so that's how I look at this scenario in terms of his priority, whether it's money or a Super Bowl or a Hall of Fame. We're going down as the best running back in history. If that's not his motivation, that does not matter. It, it, it doesn't make him a bad person because he wants to make sure he's paid nope. handsomely for a long, long time. There's nothing wrong with that. It makes me think of the Ryan Clark line. If you tell them it's a business, they'll tell you it's just a game. Mm-hmm. But when they tell you – uh huh. It's just, or, or when, or when uh, yeah, you yeah. try and tell them that it's, it's a business, they'll tell you it's, no, no, just, a it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. Yeah. yeah. You absolutely, 100% right. RC is the man with that because fans are quick to hit you with the. Oh, well, oh, look, what Tom, look what Tom Brady did. He took a discount. Like, it's just business. Right down the road here. Look what Sidney Crosby yeah, and Evgeny Malkin have done. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin could have made a lot yeah, more money if they would have hit the free agent market or held the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, oh, it's just a game. It's, it's just, just a game. It's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. Until you're Dak Prescott, and then they don't pay you what you're worth, oh. even though you've been hey, the hey, biggest hey, part of football. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then business. they tell you it's business. That's business. I mean, you, you bet on yourself, right? It's business. Hey, it happens. It happens. It's cool. It's cool. Tell Dak Prescott it's just a game. Stop it. Yeah. Old alum tweets here. And I. 
And he tweets us every once in a while. Shout or out. she. I don't know. Old, yeah, I'm about to say, you you always want to put a gender on him, man. I know, I do. Did I just assume old alum's gender? Like, like man. <laughs> old alum tweets here, uh, the Jets still paying Bell this year. All he needs is a fit and to try and get paid again in 2021. And that could be exactly that could be his motive. Exactly. I mean, it, he, it could he be that say, simple. He, he, he has a couple options here. We talked about the, from a money standpoint, if he goes highest bidder or best scenario. But he also has a third option where he could say, you know what? It's what, week six right now? Let me wait to about week 12, see who's the real legit contenders out here. Let me rest here. my hamstring for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. And then from there, let me hop on with somebody. And, and mm. Y'all thought C.J. Anderson was good doing that? Mm. I can bet you $1,000 or, or, or thousands of dollars that L. Bell will be even better in that type of role, man. So with him, man, it, 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 he, the, the ball is in his table, but it's ultimately because of the decision he made to go and get the fully guaranteed money. If he doesn't have this fully guaranteed money right now, if he was released and that 28 wasn't guaranteed, it's a totally different conversation for him. It's a total different level of circumstances, a total different level of of urgency in terms of, man, I got to find somewhere that's going to pay me something, that's going to pay me something in, in that vein or close to it or in that ballpark. He doesn't have to worry about that now. Now he can take the money element out of it and just make a decision based on what he wants to do. And it's a great feeling. I think so, too. I listen. I get the I get the urge to want to dunk on Lev, and I get the urge. You could even point out, okay, well, look at the money he had made to that point, right? It's not like he was maybe Dak Prescott in that regard, right? A guy who had been playing for nothing, but still, guaranteed money is guaranteed money. And if you're going to knock that, I, I don't know if we can ever be on the same page in that regard. We just look at it differently, <laughs> especially when it's that money. Like, what do we have? I feel like I'm missing it. I personally do. I feel like I'm missing it. Yep. And you could point out how much money he made in his Steelers career, and you could say, I mean, come on, look at that figure. It wasn't chump change, certainly mm-hmm. his last year. Or so, no, without a doubt, yeah. I okay. mean, because remember, he played look on at, the tag. That's right. He, right. Played, he played on, on it that tag and got what year 15 before, million right. or whatever that year. It's just understanding the running back market and how we value it, and how we always talk about it's easily replaced and running backs wear and tear. And that was the funny thing too. You start seeing that narrative pop back up. Well, oh, I don't want to pay a running back. You see how much usage he got? Man, what, what, two years ago, y'all won't talk about all that. Y'all was over here. Man, take another 400 carries. 400 touches. Take another 400 <laughs> touches. What's up? And that's and that's <laughs> part of the thing, too. And I get this from the fan perspective. I 100% get this. You don't want your team, especially in a salary cap league like the NFL, yes. you don't want your team to pay somebody for what they've done. You Correct. want them to pay you. you for what they do, can do for you. You want to do yeah. good business. I get that. Okay, and there's again, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong there's with nothing that. Wrong that's, with no, that. that's the smart way to right. do business. But you also can't knock the guy for wanting to get paid for what he's done. And, like, and, and him it, saying that you, if you're going to play smart business, I'm going to play smart be, business. Because in every other industry of life except for athletics, that's the way it works. Absolutely. Let's be honest. Arthur Motes. We negotiate all the time when it comes to these contracts. I you know that. I'm not acting I'm not acting like Arthur Motes and I are Mike and Mike, all right, or like we're Mike Francesa and the Mad Dog, okay? We getting there, though. <laughs> but there are people who do radio shows mm-hmm. that make more money than Moats and I off a of legacy because mm-hmm. but they don't do as good of a radio show as we do. They nah. just don't. Nah. That's the way it works. Someday, maybe hopefully 15 years from now, Moats and I will be making way too much money to do this radio mm-hmm. show. And there'll be some young, you know, late 20s. Talking about, 30, man, them boys overpaid over there, they, man. Talking about, oh, Wes and Moats are overpaid. All I mean, right. look at them upstairs in the big studio. Right, right. They, they got it nice and easy, and they don't even work that hard anymore. And we're down here grinding. Mm-hmm. Athletics are the only thing where we don't do that. And again, believe me, I, I get it. I, I, I was, I was upset when the Penguins gave Patrick Hornquist that big extension, right? Because mm-hmm. they were paying him for what he had done, not right. what he was. I get that fan perspective. 
but don't tell me that that athlete's a loser for getting their money. I'm yeah. just, I, I'm you just, lost. I'm not you buying lost. that. Twenty eight million dollars later, eighteen games total, and that's a loss. <laughs> it's right. a- it's Annie tweets here. Twenty eight well, million what a win dollars is. pays for a lot of road trips to Canton. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, tell me what a win is then. You know what I mean? Like, what what what, what would equate to a win? Well, there uh, the people who are saying that what equates to a win is he stays in Pittsburgh. He gets okay. paid by the Steelers. Uh-huh. He wins a bunch of games and has really good stats and hopefully gets a Super Bowl and in, in, in a Hall of Fame. Okay. And I mean, hey, that's a, that's, that's a, win, a win, certainly. That's a win. But, that's but your that doesn't perfect, mean that this isn't a win either. That's your hey. perfect sunshine yeah. and rainbows scenario. That's everything going absolutely right. That's him news, never getting news, injured. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Giving new, him the news money. flash, news yeah. flash. Last year, Ben got hurt. How many touches do you think Lev would have got last year if he was still or, or, on the no, squad? No, 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 no. <laughs> that, the way the offense looked last year. Very, very similar to kind of what the Jets were looking like. We, I mean, we actually got a chance to see that kind of head-to-head. It wasn't pretty. It was not at all. But I'm sure that would have played into the narrative come a year from now when his cap hit would have went up a little bit higher in terms of him saying, well, man, you know, L. Bell, man, his numbers went down a little bit, man. That one year, whoo, maybe he's getting old. You know what? They just drafted McFarlane. You know what? Maybe we should look into, you know, making some moves with him. It's just business. Nah, buddy. Nah. Lot got to, too much had to go right for that, man. And, and like I said, not right or wrong in terms of the decision to bet on himself or to go with the quote-unquote handshake deal. But you got to go with what you believe, man. You got to go with what you feel most comfortable with. And in this scenario, and with a lot of athletes, man, you take the guaranteed money, man, because it's just too much that can happen, especially at the running back position. 100%. We're going to move on from this because I don't want – I know, you know, Steelers fans are chiming in here. I know the the black and gold glasses are on, and people are upset that we're not calling Lev a loser. I, I, I can feel it already. I can feel the angry tweets. I can see the notifications here on the computer screen lighting up. I'm glad you. I'm glad you feel that. Nicholas tweets, say Lev comes to the Steelers, comes out, tells him he wants to sign on a one-year rental-type deal, says he wants to chase a ring. Would you take him? Why wouldn't you? Is he not talented? Is he not healthy? Can he help this team get better? Is it going to have a negative effect on the cap? Not at all, especially when you look at the, the for the amount of years he's in, prorated because of how many games have been played at the minimum level. Yeah, it's a no-brainer to me personally. Let's say you on Twitter at West Steeler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We will have a little best of the West on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in. You know we'll answer them before we get out of here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. The Wild Wild West. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Penultimate segment on a Wednesday. That means some things around here. It's time to get to the power rankings. Best of the West Wednesday. If you are uh, new to the program, because maybe you're tuning in for some some Lev Bell talk or to get Mozi's thoughts on the Eagles and the Browns, it's a simple concept. We do this every Wednesday, right? It's just a fancy name for power rankings, okay? We just don't want to call them our power rankings because we want to be different. You know, we are built different around here. I mean, we are. So we just call it Best of the West. Every Wednesday, our top 10 teams in the National Football League. This is the part where Arthur Motes and I argue about who goes first, and then he tells me to go, and then he says, you know what, I'm going to go, and then he tells me to go again. So I'm just going to be rude, and I'm not even going to bring him in on this, and I'm just going to start. 
How about that? Wow. Uh, he ain't going to wind me up today. Wow. I like it when you take charge, though, man. So it's all good, man. <laughs> I, I will allow you to go first. I like it. <laughs> I like it. You can have it today. I'm depressed anyways. And we, <laughs> and we also, uh, you know, defy conventional wisdom with this because normally when people do, uh, you know, power rankings, rank in their hierarchy, they start at the back and they work up to number one. And we start at number one, baby. And I know you've all been waiting with bated breath. Oh, Wes, you've had the same team at number one on your list since, you know, since back in July. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. It's still the Chiefs. All right, I know they lost to the Raiders, and they did not play well. And Derek Carr, I mean, was out there stretching the field with two 50-yard bombs. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a little excited right now because I figured what you did with the Chiefs was going to be an indictment on what was going to happen a little later on with in this bill? list. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little nervous. I was like, man, if he dropped the Chiefs down like to three or four, oh, what's he gonna do man, to my Buffalo? Bills, then he gonna be on the list. <laughs> I'm ste- <laughs> I'm steadfast in my convictions, if nothing else, Arthur Muds. I love it. I love it. Chiefs, Chiefs number one. Okay, they lost the game. Uh, right, big right, deal. All right. All I mean, right. seventy-two Dolphins. I guess technically they can't pop champagne yet. I mean, the Packers oh, are still man. undefeated. Seattle's still undefeated, but they can pop champagne. All right. Chiefs still number one for me. I'm not going to be hyperbolic here. All right, this is a week-to-week reaction. We do some moving around, but I still think if all the teams lined up in the NFL this Sunday, I'd take the Chiefs in every game. They're number one for me. Number two, the Packers. How about those Green Bay Packers? How about Aaron Rodgers? They're sitting pretty undefeated coming off the bye week this week. Um, A big game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday. That'll be one that uh, everyone is, is keeping an eye on. I'm sure I got the Packers at number two. Number three. Baltimore Ravens. I mean, if they don't play the Chiefs, they're in really good shape. Uh, a fantastic team. They're going to put the hurt on a lot of teams this year, just like they did this past Sunday. Number four, holding fast. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers still. Uh, there's some concerns there, but I feel like uh, these next two or three teams that I'm going to get to, some of the Steelers' concerns are more correctable than a couple of these teams that I have behind them that I also think are, are very good teams as well, too. I got the Steelers at four. I got the 5-0 and Seattle Seahawks at five. Uh, man, Russell Wilson, you kidding me? DK Metcalf, you kidding me? Uh, they'll get Jamal Adams back. That'll really help the defense here after the bye week. I got Seattle at number five. Number six, I've got the Tennessee Titans. Like, I don't know how, but, man, they just win games ever since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. They're, what, 14-3 and three if you include the playoffs, 15-3, and three, something like that. It's never pretty. Well, I guess it kind of was last night. <laughs> don't tell Arthur Motes I said that. But the Titans just, like I said, they're like putty, man. They mold themselves week to week to, to knock you off your game, to kind of attack you in the way that you need to be attacked as opposed to maybe trying to implement their identity all the time. It's unique, and it works. Number six, the Tennessee Titans. Number seven, those Buffalo Bills. All right, unique circumstances for them. They had two games changed around on a short short week. They just didn't play well last night. All right, on a Tuesday night in Tennessee. It happens. All right, You are a good man. I, I still think the Buffalo Bills are... One of those teams, you know, we've talked about there's a few teams, uh, maybe a half handful of teams that we can see really making some noise in the AFC. The Bills are still one of those to me. Not the best effort from them, not the best game from Josh Allen. It's a 16-game season. It happens, but particularly on a Tuesday. I mean, does that even count? They played on a right, Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Number eight on this list, their highest appearance of the season, the Rams. 
Those Rams are flying under the radar. They are. They're flying under the radar, Jeez. man. I tell you, four and one. Those Rams quietly. Hey, who did they lose to, anyways? The Buffalo Bills. Oh, all right, gosh. That's why I had the Bills. That's why I had the Bills ahead of the. You know, I thought about Bills, but you know what? They beat them head to head. I feel better now. I appreciate that. Got the Rams at eight. Only losses to those Buffalo Bills in a crazy back and forth game uh, that was in Buffalo uh, too on the road, yes, I believe. Correct. correct? Sean McVay, good coach. He's got that offense cooking. The defense is looking better. We know what Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are capable of. I got the Rams at eight. Number nine, I have those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they lost too, but they lost on Thursday. I mean, we put as much stock into that. And it was to that boy Nick And Foles. it was to Nick Foles. And, I mean, we yeah. know he, he's Tom Brady's kryptonite. Uh, I mean, no, he, he really is. He just is. He really is. So I'm not going to overreact to that. I still have the Bucks at nine. I'm not going to have you know top five or like like I've seen on some power rankings, some people still. But I've got them in the top ten. And then number ten, making their first are the most. This is now our third season of doing this. Uh huh. I know where you're going. This is their first appearance ever. 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 The Browns. Yes. I mean they're four and one, and I know you can point to the schedule, but you know what they? Nah, bro. They beat the Vikings. Uh huh. They beat the Cowboys. Uh huh. Oh wait, no, maybe they didn't beat the Vikings, but they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Colts. I mean those are decent teams. Oh, and the, the Browns, and the Bengals. That was the Bengals. Like, was yeah, Bengals, yeah, and maybe football, Washington football team. Is that yeah, their fourth? Fo- fourth yeah. So Washington Bengals football team, Bengals, and then Cowboys, Colts. Cowboys, Colts. Yep. So they got wop, uh, week one. Not great Raiders. teams in there, but you could certainly argue they're better than the teams that the Steelers have beaten to this point. Ooh, I mean, uh, right? Uh, the Colts were three and one. I'm just saying. I don't have the Browns ranked ahead of the Steelers. I don't I mean, think they're a better team than the Steelers. From a technical standpoint, technically, if you're telling me you're scoffing at their four and one, I mean, you're scoffing at at a lot of teams' marks at this point. So the Browns. At number 10. Don't be scoffing at the Bills 4 1 either. <laughs> Saints, Patriots, Colts. Those are my honorable mentions. So, again, real quick from the top Chiefs, Packers, Ravens, Steelers, Seattle. That's the top five. Six, Titans, seven, Bills, eight, Rams, nine, Bucks, ten, Browns. Arthur Motes, what say you? All right, I'm excited about this, man, because you gave me life. You gave me hope. And this is why you truly are the best on Wednesday, West. <laughs> But at number one, I got the Baltimore Ravens, man. Um, Once again, we're seeing them continue to be dominant. We saw them bounce back in a major way, win very convincingly on Sunday. Um, outside of the Chiefs, I mean, we haven't really seen teams really be able to give them issues. We, I mean, and we know the Titans, they had their one situation with them, but I haven't seen enough of them playing the Titans to feel like the Titans have their number. I thought it was just good game by the Titans. And the yep. Titans, as we saw last night and throughout these past couple of years under Rabel, like that's how they play the game. That's it just is play. what it is. Even when they scored 42 points, it still was nothing flashy about it. It was still very gritty, very slow, just ugh. Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of like watching a team that plays basketball and they run four corners and take the ball out there, uh, take the take the air out the ball. Oh, it's, In, like, it's, zone defense. Right, right. We it's, like, sit, so hit. it's like watching Syracuse. Absolutely. I don't have an issue with Syracuse. It's definitely like watching Syracuse ball. <laughs> okay, so that's why I got the Ravens, though, at number one, man. I think that they're still playing really, really well, man. Um, at number two, I got the Packers. Dude, offensively and defensively, they're producing, man. You saw the Smith brothers. They're still going crazy. Zadarius is <laughs> showing that last year was not a fluke, and he's still with all of that and got all the crazy <laughs> celebrations still. I love it. But, yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys over there, I think that that's why I have them at two. And they just, they're hot right now. We haven't seen them taste defeat. They've been doing a really good job. At number three, I got the Chiefs here because I do think that they still are a top-tier team. They're still elite. They're still going to be in the mix. We know this. But – to me, I felt that, number one, the Raiders did a really good job of capitalizing on that situation, right? Because we've seen the Chiefs be down multiple times, dating back to last season, and teams really couldn't capitalize and yeah. close out and really put the, the, the punishing blow. 
Ooh. But I thought the Raiders did a good job of that. They were able to create some turnovers on Mahomes. Some of the things that we aren't accustomed to seeing with the Chiefs right now, they were able to do that. So I thought that, man, with the Chiefs taking an L like that to the Raiders, I don't think the Raiders – I think the Raiders are a good team, but they're not in that upper echelon. No. They're that's, not a pushover. Right, but, but, yeah. but that's why I have them – I had that as a knock on the Chiefs, and I moved them down a little bit. And number four – I got the Pittsburgh Steelers here, man. I think hey. that, I mean, obviously undefeated. They're finding ways to win, and they're winning ugly games. And I know you can spin it either way in terms of, well, they're having closed games, and they haven't beat anybody of Narrative substance. alert. But the flip side is how many times throughout the past 10 years have we heard Tomlin games? How many times have we heard, man, Tomlin historically loses these type of games versus teams they're supposed to win against, teams with backups here and the expectation, man, and they're still they, – they drop those games. Oh, what about the Raiders? They always lose to the Raiders, like, and all this other nonsense. But now when he's winning against these teams, these quote-unquote gimme games, now we're holding that as a knock against them. For me, I'm not going to join that narrative. So that's why I have the Steelers at four. I think they're a really good football team. I think they're still just getting going. Honestly, yeah. man. Yeah. Some teams I feel like are, are peaking. But with them, they're just getting going right now, man. So that's why I have them at four. At number five, I got the Seahawks. And it's because of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, okay? Yeah. Defensively, they got some guys, but nowhere near like what that record is or some of the teams they've beaten. But Russ is playing MVP football. Mm -hmm. In the words of my hockey guys, he's been standing on his head all year (laughs) long. All right? That's what he's been on. Okay? So that's why I have them at five. At number six, making their highest appearance on my list this year. The Tennessee Titans because they beat my Buffalo Bills. After two weeks of preparations, after two weeks of illegal practices at different academies <laughs> that were documented. And he's, folks, he's seeking comfort. This is the and, part and, where he's and, seeking and, comfort. And after the NFL has had to move run everybody else but you guys, they were able to be successful on a Tuesday night. So I guess I'll have them at five. Okay, okay. I mean, excuse me, at six. At six, yeah, at yeah, yeah. six. Now at number seven, I got my Buffalo Bills. They took a lump on the chin. They just got to get healthy. Similar to what we talked about with the 49ers in terms of why one week I had them up higher, and then after I saw them with the injuries not be able to win, I dropped them down. Similar situation right here. We knew going into this game that they were very banged up, and we knew on the flip side the Titans were able to get a lot healthier. And if they would have went out and won, or if they would have went out and it would have been a lot closer of a contest, even though the score I do feel doesn't put the game in context, how it really was played out, I do think that because of how much of a gap it was from a scoring standpoint, that that was the biggest reason why I had to drop them because you can be hurt. That's fine. But you can't give up 40. That that was you can't do. All right? Mm-hmm. It, it's levels to this thing, okay? So that was the biggest knock on them. So that's why they're at seven. And number eight, first-time appearance ever. It's them Cleveland Brownies, baby. They sitting there 4 and one and I ain't going to lie, baby. I've been liking what they doing. Less Baker, more running the ball, great defense, turning the ball over. Man, when you talk about the defense creating turnovers, they are leading the league right now. They have 12 turnovers. Um, then they're also second in the league in terms of turnover differential. Behind, they're, they're two behind um, the Tennessee Titans. After the Titans played last night, they had the, the two, no, three, no, excuse me, four turnovers last night. Jeez. That helped them out in terms of their plus minus. But the, t- uh, the Browns, though, they're right up there in terms of creating turnovers with the best of them right now. So that's why I have them at eight. And then at nine. Got your L.A. Rams, baby. I'm, I'm believing in McVay a little bit. I'm believing. I'm believing. All right, he's showing some stuff. <sighs> he is. I tell you what. He's showing some last stuff. Last year, everybody was quick to 
Oh, bullet genius. Oh, bullet, bullet, this, bullet this, genius. This, huh? is, this is America. I mean, we, we talk about this is always what's next. <laughs> LeBron just, hey, hey, man, LeBron, four MVPs, four finals. Right. Oh, oh, who's the next greatest player, though? Who, 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 can we go to Giannis? Can oh, we go this to guy's better than Sidney Crosby. That yeah, guy's yeah, better yeah. than Sidney What about Sydney that Crosby? guy? You know, Arthur Motes, they've been trying to force out uh, Nadal and Djokovic yeah, 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 and Federer for years, and I yeah. turn on my TV Sunday morning in the French Open final. Come on, man. And, and it's it's Djokovic two. and Nadal still. Who would have thought? So the same way people were so quick to move on from McVeigh and all the boys genius stuff yeah hold your horses Keep that same energy whoa there big fella whoa Keep there you so know I, maybe the, the way that we say you never crown anybody off of one good year you don't maybe we should say you never bury anybody off of one bad year as well but too. come on man you know people love negativity too much for that well obviously and we're yeah. just we're just a reactionary society baby unfortunately you gotta so, get these jokes off yeah for right wrong or indifferent <laughs> so that's why we got the rams at nine and they're coming at number 10 i got the tampa bay buccaneers man um Tough game, man. <laughs> tough, tough situation playing on Thursday nights. We know, especially when you're the road team. And then, man, Nick Foles, I thought he did a really good job. Um, Crazy to see a little bit of uh, mismanagement in terms of clock and, and what down it is as it pertains to Tom Brady in that Thursday night matchup. But ultimately, man, I still think that they're a really good team. And they're, once again, in the same scenario as the Steelers, just scratching the surface. I think they have a lot more to, to get better and improve on. And then my honorable mentions, I have the Saints, the Colts, and the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah. Because as it stands. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't lying. They record says what it is, man. You ain't hey, lying. Hey, hey, we, we can call it what we want to call it, but baby, <laughs> you, you, you can't knock what the record's saying right now, all right? <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. It, it just is what it is. I like it, Arthur Mutz. Oh, one more time. Your top 10. Yes, indeed. So, like I said, man, at number one, I got the Baltimore Ravens. At number two, Green Bay Packers. Number three, Kansas City Chiefs. Coming in at number four, your Pittsburgh Steelers. At number five, the Seattle Seahawks at six, the Tennessee Titans at seven. Let's go, Buffalo. Buffalo Bills. At number eight, they took the brown bag off. Now they're just the Cleveland Browns. All right. <laughs> and then at number nine, we got the Rams. Boy Wonder is still Boy Wonder. Mm -hmm. And at number 10, we got old man Brady doing his thing yeah. with the Bucks. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited, though, man. It's, it's, it's been good so far. Me as well, too. That's now two straight weeks we've had the same top. I mean, teams moved around a right, couple right, spots, but, but, but two like, straight weeks with the same, same teams. teams in the top ten. We are and I feel like simpatico, right now, baby. at this junction of the season, these are the teams that have stood out the most. I agree. And have been the most consistent. Now, we're not saying they've been consistent throughout the whole first five weeks in terms of the first five games. They're not there. But I do feel like of the teams that have played, man, they they – Week in and week out are are still I think so there and I think that that's a huge testament to them especially in the off season like how it was yeah hundred percent good call on that Arthur Motes Wesley Euler one more segment to go here on a Wednesday so you know what that means we'll get to your tweets on the other side last chance to get them in or forever hold your peace for the next twenty two hours at Wesley Euler at the body fifty two the body we'll wrap with your reaction at Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping, your th wrapping with your reaction, pardon me. Say that five times fast here as we always do. Arthur Motes, let's get right into it here. Plenty of questions about 
Lev Bell. Uh, Don Juan says it's not broke, so no reason to fix it in terms of bringing Lev Bell back. And hey, I could certainly buy that logic right now. What they got with with James Conner, with Benny Snell, with Anthony McFarland is working. Uh, but at the same time, right, you can never be too good. I mean, you you can't be too good. Never could be too. Good. It's just hey, you, you can't be too good. I mean, and you can never have enough good players. You can never too. have enough good players. We hear either. that a lot, right? <laughs> Isn't that what the job of the GM is to just get the best roster? Well, available. I thought it was to trade all of our bad players for all of their good ones and do it within the confines of a salary cap. But get first round draft picks for every time too. But <laughs> don't trade away any of our picks. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, Thrash says when the Steelers go five and zero for the second time in franchise history, are they going to move to number one in the best of the West rankings? Well, Thrash, I mean, I can't give that away. Come on yeah, now. Tune in next Wednesday. Thank you. Thomas says here, nothing better than listening to Dabadi52 and Wesley Euler on my lunch break. Hashtag here we go. Thank you, Thomas. Mm, major love, major we love. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Rebecca the Lit One says, lit, lit, lit. Uh, let's just pray that Lev doesn't try and rap anymore. <laughs> what is a Wednesday? Who don't love that? Um, some quick reaction here. TC says, no way on Bell. This is in 2017. Uh, he got exactly what he wanted out of Pittsburgh. Hey, fair enough. If that's the way you feel, I, I can't knock you for that. Again, like I said, as a fan, you're allowed to feel like that. Um, Mark says <laughs> this is like birds squawking over roadkill. <laughs> he's he's done in Pittsburgh. I, I do think I, – I don't think there's much of uh, an interest to Not bring in him Pittsburgh, back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't. It's, like, I think this scenario for me, I could see it. If it did happen, I could understand why they would do it. But I don't see – the Steelers saying that, hey, yo, you know, we, we want you. Let's go get this guy. I don't think it's a priority. If it happens, it happens, but I don't think he's going to prioritize. I don't think either party should, honestly. I don't think yeah. the Steelers need to prioritize bringing in L. Bell. And if you're L. Bell, I don't think you need to prioritize trying to get back to Pittsburgh. I think you could reunite if either party wanted to do that. I think you could, but I don't think either party needs to for them to go and be successful yeah, this right. season as it pertains to, like, as pertains to this season exclusively. AYS says here, you got to respect him for getting his money, but who going to do you like us? Nobody. Come on home, baby. <laughs> Talking about Lev Bell. I like that one. I there. like it. I like it. Uh, all right. And last but not least here, me tweets. Thank you. Westman and Dr. Motes. Which skilled position player on the Brownies scares you the most this weekend? Uh, Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Yeah. I don't mind the running. You can run the ball as much as you want. Unless you are on one of these crazy days, you're not going to beat me running the ball, especially against the Steelers' defense, man. They they do a great job against the run, a great job in terms of getting tackles for loss. But what you could hurt us with is that deep ball, the backbreaker. Because with the Steelers on offense this past game against the Eagles, they didn't have long, sustainable drives. Right. They had splash. Splash. Splash kills you. Yeah, splash. And, you you, you and can OBJ's play great. Got some splash. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm splash will scare me every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, second question from me because you know me always comes with a three pack of questions. Does he does? Uh, Shout out to me. And like I said, me, we just leave it gender neutral. Just is me. It's just me. It's just me. Is nailing the seven ten split in bowling the ultimate rush? I wish oh. I could tell you. I mean, I wish I could tell you. I've never. Do I look like I can nail a seven ten split? You never know one. I mean, I'm sure I probably did at some point, but you I've know been, what's I've the ultimate? Once. You know what's the ultimate rush? What's that? A backdoor cover. That's the ultimate rush. I mean, what are we talking about here? Where you think your bet's not about to oh, hit? Oh yeah! And somebody you know drills yeah. a, a pointless three at the buzzer, or there's yeah. like a garbage time pick on, on, six on a parlay. 
Oh yeah, the, the backdoor yeah, cover is the yeah. ultimate. Where you were sitting there thinking, "Oh man, I lost, I lost, I lost." Yeah, when you said backdoor, I was thinking West Virginia. Then, I was like, "Oh, here you then, go." And then Jimmy Butler, you know, chucks up a, a half court shot at the yeah, buzzer. And the and game you cover. doesn't even matter. Game doesn't even matter anymore. Like, Woo! yeah, that's the yeah, that's the ultimate rush, you're right baby. About that one. Last one for me. Me wants to know: Is this joke funny? Where do Jedi play football? The Force Field. <laughs> what? With the right audience, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I like it. I'm a fan of the corny jokes. I'll take it. The force field. I like it. I like it. Arthur Motes, he's got to back away from the microphone. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's why we love the power oh, grid. Oh, man. That's man. why we love the power grid. Motes, I wasn't expecting that one today. I, I, I'll take it, though. I'll take it. <laughs> that will do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow and on Friday. And uh, obviously tomorrow we will start deep diving into them Cleveland brownies. Them brownies. Uh, what they do well, where they can be had. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield, all that stuff. Uh, we'll be joined by our buddy Brian Backo tomorrow as well oh, as – a good friend of the show, huh? As well as having a little three-question Thursday. So Hold plenty. On, is he still a good friend of the show? I think so. Who would you kick off? We kicked off – oh. It was thrash. Well, he was making those Penn State jokes That's at you, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Or no, maybe it was the. Did he make a? I think he made a. No, he made something towards you. Yeah, you he talked about that. He talked yeah. about the score that should not be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't talk about that. In fact, we should put yesterday's Especially game when it's a in Penn turn- State. That's what it was. It was a Penn State fan yeah, using the pit insult. Yeah. I mean, that was just a double whammy. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, so we still yeah. we still got love for Paco. I mean, yeah. That goes cool. That goes our boy. We'll talk to him tomorrow. We'll have three question Thursday. We will deep dive into the Cleveland Brownies. If you want more Euler emotes, what about uh, half an hour from now? Mm-hmm. 25 minutes from now. Sound uh, right. is going to join me on ESPN Pittsburgh at 220. I finally have gotten the invite from the legend himself, Woo. the Woo. man with the good hair, Woo. the guy who has the vocals of an angel in the face of a dove. Well, that's why I do radio, right? Voice for TV. Oh, or man. Face for TV. I finally Voice for TV. Have been, face for radio. I finally have been asked to join him in his most glorious splendor. And I just feel so excited about it. I, I'm, I'm preparing. I don't want to mess up. I, I'm so nervous right now. My anxiety is through the roof. It's not often that I get the opportunity to hop on the mic with you. So that'll do it for today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow, but I'll also talk to Moats again here in like 25 minutes. Uh, so same time, same place. You know when to find us, as always. High noon, we'll talk to you then tomorrow, and you know where to catch us at, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio!